0: We're excited to be here. We, yeah. we wanted, we, we were going to maybe preach separately and then we're like, we really have one burning message and I'm going to be emotional. But uh, Sarah Best came up. You don't even know this, Sarah, how accurate what you prayed was. But she said, I feel like you're going to pick stuff from the garden of your life. And she had this neighbor who would pick like rosemary and mint and rub it in her hands. And the fragrance of what was in her hands, like the smell would fill the air. And I think there's something that God has been doing in our family and it's never just for us. So I am full of anticipation for the fragrance of the Lord to fill this room. And in Song of Songs, it says that your anointing oils are fragrant. And he has a smell to him. And when we get to walk in intimacy, we smell like him. And I want all of us to be that way, this is going to be a long message. <laughs> um,
1: Maybe we can introduce our, our kids and then that'll, yeah, that, that'll help. I think we have a picture. Hey, there they are. That's Cade the warrior on the left. Cade, Freegee. then we got Sutton and Eden in the middle, then Haven and Lily, and they are amazing so I think we, uh, we didn't plan on having five kids, that's for sure. That is the truth. Oh.
0: No, they're great kids. Um, but yeah, so God's been doing stuff in our family. And I love how it, when Andrew and the content team were on this phone call, what are we going to do for Advent? How do we get our expectation up? And I left that phone call and I felt like the Lord just put something on my heart that I had never thought of. Maybe other people have. But the Lord said, you know, Advent means arrival. So we're celebrating the arrival of Jesus as a baby. But I felt like he said, you're not waiting for a baby. You're waiting for a bridegroom. And we're waiting for the king to come back as the bridegroom of our hearts. And so this morning... What we want to talk about is the expectancy of that, what that means for us and how we live. And I really feel like for me, even since last Christmas, we did those online messages, which maybe none of you watched, but I did them. And one of the things that the Lord had put on my heart that I feel like he's still putting on my heart is this message um, that happened during the pandemic. So I feel like there's a before church age in the pandemic, and then there's a post and not... Um, and I feel like one of the things that happened is the priesthood of every believer in a new way. And what I mean by that is when you don't have a corporate gathering, you realize again, I am a priest before the Lord. I get to host his presence in my home. I get to love him. I don't, I'm not looking for a super spiritual pastor. I get to be a holy man to my friends and my neighbors and I believe that we're living closer to the end times than the disciples did, and they thought it was the end of the age, so we're not gonna get into the eschatology of that. But I do wanna say that what we're talking about today is to the end time church, and I believe that's us. And so we're pulling today's message from Matthew chapter 25. And this is actually, you have to go back to Matthew 24 to even get this story, but the disciples come to Jesus and they pull them aside separately and they're like, tell us what it's gonna be like at the end of the age. And this is Jesus's response. He gives two chapters worth of responses. And I just encourage us, this is, people are preaching on these two chapters all over the country, all over the world in the church right now. So if you haven't gotten into them, it's worth your time to just be like, what is the end of the age if that's where we're living? And I wanna know. And this is the parable that we're gonna preach on is the parable about the virgins and the oil. So Matthew 25, we're gonna read verses one through 13. And the virgins who were already ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. And later the others also came, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour.
1: This has been a really, um, as Kara said, a pretty sobering passage for our family uh, just to wrestle with, I feel like it's been a few months now, um, sobering in the sense of it's like it touches us to our core, like Andrew said, he is returning. He he was on this earth, and he is returning. I either believe that or I don't, and I believe it. He's coming back, and so as you look at this passage, um, it's it's really obvious what you, what you want. It's like, okay, we can argue the eschatology or just all different things on what does it mean, but we want the oil. It's like really obvious. You want the oil, and at the end, you want to know him. That's like black and white. And so this morning, that's really what we wanna talk a lot about is the oil. And um, the, the oil, let's just say it, it's him. The oil is the Holy Spirit, it's, it's Jesus, it is him, it is intimacy, and I think we have um, a few scriptures that we just wanna land in, but uh, if you get nothing out of today, it's that we wanna create a hunger in you to, to know him. In John seventeen three, we can throw that up there, um, Jesus said, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You know, a lot of people, and we've said this at this church. I think my dad even touched on it when he preached a few weeks ago. When we think of eternal life, we think of uh, sometimes we've grown up thinking heaven. We think it's 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 far off. What does the scripture say? and this is eternal life, that, that word life is that Zoe word. It's, it's the, the abundant life, the, the life in, that only Jesus can provide. But just last week, and actually our company Bible study, we we're uh, studying this scripture, and I was just looking up that word eternal, because I've believed uh, that scripture, how it reads, like, okay, this is eternal life, everlasting life. It's to, to know Jesus. But something struck me differently when I actually looked up that word eternal and realized, wait, eternal isn't just without end. It's actually without beginning. So it's like, it makes sense. This life that he says, it's like, but who is without beginning and without end? It's him. So as we go through these scriptures, we talk about, or just this in in Matthew 25, um, we really want to... Talk about how to store up oil, how to get as much oil as possible. And just this morning, Karis and I were were jumping back in this uh, scripture, and I just want to submit something too as we as we jump in that it it talks about them needing oil. Uh, the NASB actually, like the newest version of the NAS, NASB, uh, in verse three. It says they didn't take any extra oil with them. And it, it, it's a little different spin on the passage, but it actually makes a lot of sense to me because uh, something that really hit me just this morning was verse eight. It says the foolish ones, because we're trying to decipher, like how, how do we be in the right camp here? You know, It's like we want the oil, we wanna be in the right camp. It's pretty clear. But the tricky thing about the wrong camp though is it says... The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. They had oil in their lamps. So it's not like they, they all, I, I've been studying and, and looking at this scripture for a while, just thinking, oh, there was two groups with lamps, one without any oil and one with oil. They both started off with oil. That was very sobering <laughs> to, to me this morning. That was literally just this morning. And uh, and, and again, I, I don't wanna focus on uh, the eschatology or, or too much of it. I just want the oil. We don't have to worry about the rest if we're going after the oil. And that's a good thing because we can go after the oil. <laughs> uh, so even uh, I, I would say another scripture, um, and I shared this, towards I think the end of Kingdom Conference, most of my life I've, I've followed Jesus and I can say that just with an honest heart. I, I don't have, you know, some of my life, kinda like my daughter Eden, we've talked about this, it's not like a, hey, let's list all the bad things we did, we have a cool testimony, we can tell. Like, I didn't do too many stupid things in my life, honestly, I just, I had plenty of sin, but it wasn't like cool stories of this and that. It was. You're a leash. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> And that was the grace of God uh, to have parents like I, like I did. And just the grace of God is tugging on my heart. But I also find myself in life right now, and I hope my children can say the same thing, that I'm more hungry for Jesus than I've ever been before. And I've, I've, been, um, I've been studying the Bible for a while. I've been in love with Jesus, I can say for a while, but my heart, my heart today is for the touch of God, the nearness of God, and that's what I'm after. And it's okay to say, you know, we shouldn't um, just get caught in emotions. Like if I was discipling my children, I want them to know the word of God. I want them to be grounded in faith, have good theology but I want them to have experiences with God that they can't explain. I want them to feel God in their innermost being. I want them to have tears. I want them to have joy. I want them to, yeah, it's just, it's all good. So one thing um, just that we've been saying, and so it goes with these, these scriptures is Luke eleven thirteen, And this is again, uh, part of this message. And if you want to be on the safe side of the, of the camp, you want to be a, a wise virgin this morning, uh, this, this uh, scripture will, will kind of sum it up. It says, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So what we're saying. We want him. And so that, that passage in Matthew 25, as sobering as it is, it's just, it's so simple. It's so simple. We're here for him. We're here for him. And we say that as a church. So as a church, we want to be the wise virgins who are storing up oil. We want to be dripping with oil. We don't want to have, oh, do we have enough? Do we take enough? It's like, who cares? let's just if it's fallen out of the lamp, it's okay. just like we, as long as we have enough. because what does the lamp do it It illuminates. we're going to be able to see him. That's why they had the lamp. They were able to see him when he returned. so it's just it's just good. so we we want to talk this morning, and we're not going to have a ton of time. I'd rather have a longer response time than a than a message this morning, but we want to hit on a few just key areas in our lives that. We've learned to store oil um, just ways that, just some practicals really. Um, but again, just keep your eyes on Jesus. This is not about Chad and Karis. This is not about, this is, I guess I'm pulling a, a page out of Stephen Linda's book in The Marriage Encounter. If you've ever been, it's amazing. But they just kind of open up their journals and share. So that's kind of what, what this morning is too. But I wanna touch on the first one. Um, one way to, to store up oil is through The Secret Place. Um, and what I mean by that is just alone with Jesus, just learning to get alone with, with the Father, learning um, to get alone and hearing for yourself what he has to say. It's as simple as that. And uh, I guess just a, I'll, we'll share a quick, a couple quick stories this morning, but one for me that's been so defining in my life, and most of you know our journey um, with our son just having cancer a few years back and he's healed now and just amazing. You saw him in the picture. But a lot of people ask me at the end of that journey, what did you learn? You know, what is what is the main thing you took away from that? If you could sum it all up. And it was really easy for me to answer at first and and I'll explain what I mean by this, but I just said, I just would tell someone to go read their Bible like every day. And it was in preparing for this message, what I realized actually what I meant was storing oil. When it happened with Cade, when when we got the worst news of our life, it was not, uh, I did not feel like I had an empty lamp. I felt like my lamp was full and it had oil and I was able to see him. And so that was, that's what I mean by that, I guess is the point. And, and so just a challenge to, to you all. And I asked Karis, I was like, does this sound harsh to tell people? And she's like, no, this this, you're not harsh, it's okay. Uh, this scripture has always meant a lot to me. Mark 135, I don't know if we have that one. Um, but it says, early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went to a secluded place and he prayed there for a time. And I, I feel like the scripture only gives us what we need. You know, we're, we're people of formulas. Uh, we would love to make a formula out of anything. If I knew what Jesus ate for breakfast every day, you better believe, you know, what I would eat for breakfast. If I knew it was like salmon and two eggs, I'd be eating salmon and two eggs every morning. Well, what does it give us? In this scripture, we know that he got alone. He, he escaped. He went and was with the Father and uh, here's where the harsh part comes. Uh, There's a lot of people that say, well, I I can't do it, I don't have time. I'm not a morning person. And I feel like I had a realization the other day, it was like, wait, Jesus was a morning person. Jesus lives inside of me.
2: You're a morning person. Your dad's like.
1: Let me just say that, you are a morning person because Jesus wants you to be a morning person.
0: So we you will may pray not, for you, you after You may not service. feel,
1: yeah, that's going to be our main altar call, right? <laughs> but just, just have that reality in your heart. Like, just go spend time with him. Store up oil. I think I've talked enough. You,
2: you can good? Start. No,
0: I think when we, we talk about this a lot as a church, but there is a difference <laughs> yeah. between the discipline of spending time with him and the devotion of like, I love you. And I remember when Cade was sick, you know, it was, I didn't miss a morning. You know, I was up at five. Like, we had long days of chemo, but it was, I was desperate. But then since then, I have not missed a morning. Why? Because I learned I loved him. So if you're in the discipline part, I just want to encourage you to stay in it until devotion comes. Because you will suddenly be like, I love you. I love time with you. And that storing up oil is, I know him. So when hard things have happened in our lives, you're not confused on who he is. You've spent enough time with him. You're like, I know him. I know what his voice sounds like. I know the things he does. And there's clarity that comes. A lot of times with, um, like, my friends we will just talk about, oh, it's getting kind of stale. So I just want to encourage you to switch it up. Like, if it's stale, listen to worship if you normally don't or whatever. Like, think outside the box. If you're bored, he's bored. Don't be bored. It needs to be exciting. Like, come with expectation that you have a bridegroom who wants to meet with you, whether you're a male or a female. You need to get comfortable with that church. If you're a guy and that's weird, you, you're the bride. And be, get pursued and pursue him and make yourself pure. I'm so, it's like, it is grieving, and this is, might sound super spiritual to me, when people are like, I'm having trouble spending time with God in the morning. I'm like, we gotta get past that church. We gotta wake up. We have to wake up for him. We have to be available to him. He has to be the one thing. Like, he has to be. Yes. I, I want to share just testimony that I started praying. Um, I was met with Laurel Caruana, if you know her. She's amazing. And she was like, you need to read this book about Song of Solomon. So I started praying some verses from Song of Solomon. And this is what God does. He takes the prayers you pray in ignorance, and he blows them up. Because he's like, I actually know what that scripture means. So if you're going to pray it, here we go. And I didn't know at the time what I was praying. I started praying, I started praying for Chad and I draw, I'm gonna just cry this whole time and Andrew's gonna like, you'll never preach again. But it, it, says, it says, draw me after you, let us run. And I started praying that. And it says, the king has brought me into his chambers. And shortly after that, I fell and broke my back and I was so confused, but I can say after looking at this year, he honored that prayer. That's something about saying, draw me after you. Let us run. Bring me into your chambers. His chambers incorporates the fullness of who he is, which includes suffering. And it includes hardship. It includes like this depth of relationship. And there was a wounding that has happened in my heart this year of hunger for him that I'm like, I prayed something in such ignorance trying to be like Laurel, and you were like, and the Laurel always like, don't try to be like me, try to be like And I'm like, I know, but I kind of want to be like you. But it's, she is just, it was just so helpful to be like, wow, he's doing it. He's honoring what I'm praying in ignorance. And so I just encourage you, if you need help, pray that. It worked for me, and I'm assuming it will work for you too.
1: <laughs> it's a good transition. And second way to... Uh, and I just want to encourage you going into this next 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 point. It's is what she touched on that there's there's ways to store up oil that only come through suffering. You know, if the Bible says that Jesus learned obedience through what the things which he suffered, that's a that's an interesting scripture. So I'll just leave that with you. You can read it later. Um, where's that scripture at? Somebody. Verse Twelve. Verse 5. Yeah, that, literally. See, I just looked at my dad. Where's that scripture Hebrews at? Five. So, anyways. Uh, now you know why I didn't make too many mistakes growing up. I mean that in the best of ways.
0: We, we want to share. I want to just share this verse as we begin this part on suffering. Yeah. In 2 Corinthians 4, 17, because I love Steve and I will go back and forth about suffering. Um, and people literally, have back different... back and forth. I'm like right in forth. our bedroom. We don't like, argue. like, are you texting
1: with, Steve? I'm we like, We don't what? argue.
0: Guys, the point of suffering is not suffering, (laughs) but it does come. But the point of suffering is Him. It says, For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal." And what suffering does, I was reading this book um, on post-traumatic growth. It can happen to people who have post-traumatic stress. Anyway, fascinating book. And um, it was talking about how in um, Japanese art, there is an art form that comes from a pot that you actually break, and then you reseal it, and it has gold fill, and it's, it's more beautiful that way. And sometimes, oh, all the time, with the Lord, if you feel like the pieces of your life have broken, just trust him in the journey that he's making that beautiful piece from it. But it also talks about how in those moments of suffering the, the um they say the growth happens from how much you wrestle and struggle with it. And so I just encourage you, if you're struggling, that's where growth is happening. When you're wrestling with the Lord, you're actually, you're, you're like that oil being pressed. I mean, that olive being pressed to get oil out of it. And I was talking to my neighbor who, she was talking about how many, oil, how many olives you have to actually press, hand press them individually to be used in the temple and how, how many olives it takes to get just a little bit of oil. So if you're like, I have a lot of olives being squished, just know like oil is coming from that.
1: And the reality is with suffering, uh, it can go one or two ways. Usually um, suffering can put a hole in your lamp and can just let the oil drip out. You just lose your oil. Um, That's not God's will, but you have a choice when suffering happens there's people in this room I know today that are going through very hard things. So I'm not—we're not belittling suffering. We're—we're we're saying that it can help you store up oil. And I wanna—I wanna share a tender story. Um, even going—it's going back to my son again. Um, there was a point in his journey that we got some pretty poor news. Um, he had, we had got really good news initially after his first scan. He had about a bunch of tumors in his uh, lungs and it came from his kidney, but they thought the tumors were dead. And then, um, Eden, I don't think I've even ever told you this story, so listen up. Um, about week, uh, so it was a 40-week journey. About week 32, something like that, we get another set of scans back. The doctor presents them to us and points out some new spots. Hey, these spots had gone away that we knew about, but after all of this treatment, it's not a good sign that there's new spots in your son's lungs. And they're really tiny spots though, like four or five of them. And we just, we were crushed because at that point, it was, there's new spots and there's not much we can do for you, Mr. and Mrs. Frigi. as you can imagine, that was a tough time in our lives. And we drove home from the hospital that I don't even remember much about the day other than that night, uh, putting those pictures, and Karis did not even wanna look at them, and I didn't blame her, but I just put the pictures on our kitchen table and just just stared at them in disbelief, really, um, that these little, little spots, you know, which they would call new growth, we're killing him and we're going to kill him. And I just, I just did not want to accept that. But still, the whole time, it was like, Lord, what are you doing? Like, I know you want to heal my son, but I trust you in your goodness above all. And so we went to bed that night, just crushed both of us, and um, woke up the next morning. And this is kind of going back to point one, two, at the secret place. You know, I'd made a habit of every day waking up and spending time with Jesus. And so it would have been weird for me that morning to not do that. So I remember waking up and going into uh, the same place that I go and just not having anything there as far as uh, not knowing what to say, not knowing what to do. Where do I read? What do I even think, Lord? Are, is my son going to die or is he going to live? Like, please tell me and it was like i i i knew he was with me but i just i needed him and so i i just laid there and i just asked him like lord just come i i don't know what to say what to do just come and i just laid there and it was only probably 20 30 seconds later i i don't even remember but the Lord, as clear as I could hear him, and it wasn't inaudible, but a, a thought popped in my head, First Samuel 30. And so I, I was like, okay. I was like, I'm, I'm not in a place where I can read like so-and-so went to this land and blah, 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 and then the, the, to get it wrong, you know, like I'm sure all of us have done that. Like you open the Bible, it's like they died, and you're like, oh no. Uh, but, so I, I turned to, turn to 1 Samuel 30, and I'll just read it for you real quick. But it's when David um, was, yeah, I'll just read it. Now, when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negev and against Ziglag. They had overcome Ziglag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep.
0: Why don't you just summon
1: Well, and, and David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because of all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. And David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? He answered them, pursue for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. I felt something deep in my spirit that morning that we were going to overtake. And I was willing to open my hand and give my son to the Lord. I had already done that. But my wife needed me that morning when she walked out of the room that morning, I'll never forget, she was looking at me. What are we going to do? I'm standing here, sitting here today, glad that I woke up and spent time with God that morning there was oil stored up in that suffering. There was not a hole in my lamp that morning. And so that's the point of suffering, and it's an example, and I know there's lots of examples that we just don't understand, and that's a, that's a cool story, but I can just tell you, and, I, and we got to the place that we had confidence. If we didn't see it in this life, we were gonna see it in the life to come, but I wanna believe I'm gonna see him in this life. I'm gonna store up oil here.
0: And I think it's important to look that the virgins had to pay for it. There was a cost. The the ones who left had to go and buy more oil. And there are costs in our lives. I think we, I don't want to short circuit the gospel that you will have to lay things down. We've, I mean, like there is an optionless way to live in our lives. We don't, I don't do certain things. I don't go certain places. I'm willing to pay the cost. And after history with God, I'm like, I will get more oil. I will pay, I will keep going after you. Like, I will, keep, I will keep doing it. And the more we go through, I feel like the more tenacious we get almost of like, yeah, he's worth it again. Like, he's worth it again. There's nothing, there. so I wanna encourage you to, to if it's costing you something, that's encouraging. You get extra and it costs you something. And then the last thing we want to talk about is the ask. So the secret place, the suffering, and then the asking. And this is the easiest one of all of them. And this is where it starts. And I I want to encourage you, too, as we're asking for the Holy Spirit, be aware that you are a tiny human asking an eternal God (laughs) who has all the power in the universe to visit you. So if your mind and body and emotions are offended at what happens to you when you ask, you're probably doing it right. And every, like, cell in your body should stand at attention if the presence of God really comes. Yeah. So when you're asking, just know you don't really know what you're asking for in a great way. And I remember in college, we, we're not going to get into the theology of baptism of the Holy Spirit. All I want to say is there's a filling that happens and happens and happens and happens and happens. Your whole life, you have to be filled we have to be filled. He says, don't be drunk with wine. Well, you don't get drunk once in your life with wine. Anytime you want to drink, the next day you can get drunk. It's the same thing with the Spirit of God. He said, be filled with the Spirit of God. There's a filling that happens. And the first time I'd ever heard even about this in college, we were, at, um, we were in Juarez on a mission trip, and they prayed for people to be filled with the Spirit. Someone prayed for me, and the person said, which I'm so thankful they said, they said, you might not feel anything, but just like in a couple weeks, just start to be aware. And so about two months later... Should I share that? About two months later...
1: It, it's, this is an amazing story because... Chad and
0: I dated through college, and we really tried to be as pure as possible. But he looks like this, and we would kiss sometimes. And Eden, close your ears. And yes. we were in his apartment and we had started to kiss and I was like oh no we gotta stop no this one's is here an amazing and story. we were standing <laughs> we were standing on the stairwell and there's a door that here's the stairwell and there's a door right here and the door swung open and air wind just came in and I started laughing and then I like An hour later, I'm still laughing. I can't stand. I can't, I'm like slumped. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. And he's like, are you okay? So if you didn't hear
1: the story right, we're about to make out and the Holy Spirit like (laughs) came. Like serious.
0: So he is also a leash and it's helpful. And I, I was like, I think that's what happened. And it gave me energy. Well, I want to share this too, that a few months ago, uh, in the middle of like chronic pain and back stuff. I was so low. I was like, I don't want to live, Lord. I just want you to take me home. Like, I know you're worth it. And like, my kids will be fine. My husband's attractive. He's going to get married again. Like, it's fine. And I was like, just take me home now. And I went to bed and I, and, I, and I realized I'm not, obviously, I'm not doing well. Something's not right. I'm not right. And I started to say, Lord, would you fill me with the spirit again? Now, I've prayed that throughout the 12 years, but it was like a moment of desperation. So I have a dream. And the dream involves all of you. So this is why I'm sharing it. I had a dream that Andrew, our church was meeting and Andrew gets up and he says, before the church meets, he goes, oh, Karis, will you read this verse? I'm like, what verse? And I'm like, oh, the one that says the word of the Lord is. And Sam Best stands up and he's like, oh, Karis, I thought you were saying like the word of the Lord is. And I was like, oh, I wish I was. And right as I said that, the place we are sitting was surrounded by windows. Right as I said that, a window behind Andrew blew open and air started rushing in the room. And all of us started laughing, like that was weird timing, the windows open, air's blowing, but no one's Bible leaves were rustling. And then we realized what it was. And people started to get out of their chairs and lay on their faces. And I heard people weeping and groaning and laughing and like speaking in tongues. And it might offend you to even hear that, but he came and I was on my ground, on my face in front of him. And I felt hands on the backs of my legs. I knew it was Jesus, but I could hear him visiting other people. It wasn't just me. And he said, This wasn't planned, but I had to come. And I experienced the most joy I've ever had in my life in that dream. And when I woke up, I was so heart sick because I had felt him. And when he comes, like, we want that, y'all. There's nothing yes. like it. And that dream, I believe I, I've been different ever since I've had it. I've been different. I've been angry with every time we come in here and he doesn't come because I'm like, it hinges on y'all, people. Yes. Like, we have to have him. And I can't explain the pleasure of his company. And I can't give it to you. He has to give it and you have to ask. So please ask because I want it too. <laughs> and I want us to experience him.
1: And that's why we read that scripture at the beginning. And maybe we'll just read it again. Luke eleven thirteen. And just as we were talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's just, it's just clear that Jesus is just asking for you to ask. It's as simple as that. We're asking for him. We're asking for him to come for more of the Holy Spirit. So again, it says, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent. The worship team can go ahead and come up too. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So as you as you read through I just challenge you to read through Matthew 25 and specifically this Matthew 24 and 25 and specifically I just believe that your heart whether it's today or this week your heart will awaken if you if you look to the scripture and say Jesus you are coming back how then should I live You are coming well first of all do I believe that he's coming That is a decision that you have to make. Do I believe that Jesus will return? Do I believe that he walked? Just as Andrew was talking about Christmas, we we jump over it sometimes, but he came. He came so that we could know him, so that we could have salvation. And he is coming again. So this morning, as we close, we just wanna open up a time for people to ask for people to respond, and it's not asking for anything but Him. Like we said before, this is the oil is a great example. But we want to be a church, and we are a church that is asking for Him. You are a people that have lamps, and you have oil in your lamps, but we need more oil. Yes. We are living in a day that we need more oil, whether you know it or not. Whether your heart, this is some people here. I believe you, you wish your heart felt that way. You wish you had tears. Today is the day to ask. Yes. Ask for tears. Yes. Ask for him. So we're not trying to create anything this morning. We're just wanting him. And do you want to say something?
0: Yeah, I was just going to have, I mean, is that okay? Do you, Are you okay if i yeah. I just, I would love for people to just start coming up and asking. And get on your knees, and I want to pray. And then if you're not asking, if you're like, You wanna pray for people and minister to people, like, let's do that, let's be the body together. But I want us to pray, so as I pray, y'all are welcome to come up.
2: So stand up, and if you already know you wanna come, just start coming, that's fine. I love that dream, and so the, the question is, what's the word of the Lord? What's the word of the Lord? And there's too many things I could tell you right now to confirm everything they just said. This is the word of the Lord. Out of Luke 11, and I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So Lord, we come and we stand in agreement right now. I just want everybody to listen to me for a second before Kara starts praying. We're gonna, as a as a house and as a unity, or as a as a house and as a church, stand in unity with one simple phrase. I want you. I want you. So, if that's where you're at, if you don't know how to explain Ray or whatever, that's what it's all about. I want you to say it out loud with me on the count of three. One, two, three. I want you.
0: Yes, God. Your name is oil poured out. Your name is oil poured out. So we lift up your name right now. And I ask that the oil of your presence would come. Like in Song of Songs when she gets up from her bed after she's delayed to even open the door and she says, she touches the doorknob where you've been and her hand is dripping with oil. Would there be oil poured out today on every hungry heart? An oil that makes them um, able to function more more wonderfully, more happily? Would it be an oil that provokes tears and emotion with you? Would it be an oil that when they wake up in the morning and they spend time with you, they don't need anyone else to be there. You're there. You're with them, that they sense you. Would you heighten our senses? You gave us eyes and ears and a body that can fill, not just for this world, but for the next. Would we be aware of you, Holy Spirit? Would you teach us the truth of the worth of our bridegroom and what it Looks like to wait on Him. We want You, God. We want You. We want You. You are beautiful. You are altogether lovely. There's no one like You. There, You're the fairest of ten thousand, Father. Would You gift our hearts with hunger, with an accurate hunger, that we would be the wise virgins who pay the price, any price, God? What could cost us too much? We love you, Father. We want to be spilled out. We want more of you. God, would you teach us to hunger like Psalm 63 that says, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul faints for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Would you pierce our hearts with hunger and need? to see accurately our need for you and how beautiful you are. You're beautiful, Jesus. You're beautiful, God. Rightly do they love you. Rightly do we love you. We don't want to miss it, Father.